What up? We are back again today in the studio, and it is time to get the ball rolling. Here we go, back again. Excited to talk to you guys today. Uh, Today will be a little bit different of a podcast. Uh, I know that for you guys that have been, you know, either just new fans or have been following the show, uh, we're trying to provide you guys with obviously the most amount of interviews, the most in-depth college football. Uh, You know, we are focusing on the FCS on those interviews. We're able to pull Appalachian State on, and uh, we're working with a few other schools. Hopefully we can pull them on as well. But regardless, we're excited to be with you guys. However, uh, we hit a turning point uh, end of June, 1st of July, where, you know, it's kind of time to start looking at the next season. Now, I understand that we are still amidst a, a pandemic, and you know, the NCAA is outlining you know, different ways to get back to facilities. Uh, how are we going to play? Are there going to be fans? There's a lot of factors going into this season, so uh, I think it's going to be difficult to, to really fully say you know, one way or another how things are going to line up, because honestly, like, like you know, home field advantage is a really big deal. I mean, you think about down in, in, in the SEC uh, territory or, or even the Big tw- the Big Ten, you know, uh, you look at you know, Ann Arbor, uh, the Horseshoe in Columbus, those kind of places, even the Swamp, you know, down in, down in uh, Gainesville. But just those kinds of things, I mean, people get loud, they get crazy, they love their college football, and it's going to be interesting to see how those fans will react when football time comes uh, because, you know, we don't have a vaccine, we don't really know what's going to happen. Don't want to get super into that. So these predictions are going to be based on um, almost any given year, a normal year, but uh, it's hard because i got to take into account a lot of different factors. And I've said, I, I've said this a, a lot of times on the show, but I will reiterate it to you guys today. I do not like preseason rankings. I like preseason predictions. I think that rankings, number one, are all arbitrary. We don't really know what's going to happen. On any given year, you're going to say, well, you know, I mean, you look at it, Texas was like a top 10 team last year. Where did they end up, right? Um, and, and then it's hard to predict some people like a, like a rise of a Louisville or a North Carolina or other certain teams that are out there that you're like, okay, well, uh, you know, they're, they're good, but are they going to be top 10? Uh, injuries come into, come into factor. I mean, Washington last year was ranked pretty high. They ended up going 7-5 and five for the regular season. So it's hard to really measure. Uh, I like to see a week, maybe two weeks before I really relate, release any kind of rankings. But this year is a little bit different because I think that we're going to have some constants that are different on any other given year, right? Due to the pandemic, you know, people haven't been able to to practice. And so I've said this from the beginning that that the pandemic is going to favor uh, the college football teams that have that are not a first year coach and are not a first year quarterback. Uh, you know, those coaches that have coached and played with those kinds of quarterbacks that first, you know, little bit, they're going to have an immense, immense foot up on somebody who doesn't now. And that being said, that might just be through week one, two, and three. And by week four, the the first-year coaches might get things rolling. Uh, but you can only watch so much film. Uh, you know, you talk, we've, we've brought a lot of coaches on. They're saying, you know, we're, we're looking at old film. We're trying to get a sense of who these kids are. Uh, you know, yeah, they're going to have six weeks before the season. But 
I mean, they don't have that spring practice. We're going to have, I mean, you think about it, you could have a quarterback battle literally up until the next, you know, the, the first snap and stuff like that. So I really think coaches and quarterbacks, that's going to be the key. And then an experienced defense behind you. Really, that's going to be the three big keys. Um, when I look in college football, I think you can kind of rank of importance. Uh, you know, number one would probably be the quarterback. Number two, the head coach. Now you're going to say, well, the coach can only do so much. True, but the head coach is really influential in the overall success in a college football program. Number three, uh, obviously you cannot forget about your uh, left guard, uh, you know, covering, you know, 95% of the time, you know, the right-handed quarterback, his backside, and the left tackle. I mean, those two are interchangeable, but really, that's your next one. And then the next one, you got to have a playmaker, and you have, a, you have to have a corner, right? Uh, you know, your cornerback, and then you're going to have your defensive captain, which is usually middle backer or, or an outside linebacker. But regardless, those are kind of, you know, how we rank the, the position. So as I'm going through teams, um, trying to make predictions on what I think is going to happen this next year, uh, I came across a few things. We're going to do the Power Five right now. We're going to kind of play a game. So we're going to kind of start the game music. All right, I'm digging that music. I'm digging it. Okay, so we're we're uh, we're gonna play a game, right? And uh, we'll we'll fade out this music now. Uh, we're gonna play a game where we really think we're gonna take a prediction who we think is going to have the most amount of success in that conference. Now, each individual team is going to be a little different as I explain it. We'll do Power 5 first. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll do Group 5. Um, just because, you know, we're trying to get our, 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 our minds, our predictions ready uh, when we do our full-fledged, you know, ACC, Big Ten, those kinds of previews, right? So our first one, we're going to start off with the SEC, and that is the Florida Gators. Now, some of you have, have heard about the Florida Gators. You know, this is a very experienced team. Supposed to be the, the best team since Tebow, yada, yada, yada. Well, let's go through it. Do they have a quarterback? Yes. And uh, I was really uh, – I was skeptical the last year uh, of Kyle Pitts. Uh, just when, when – uh, what's his name went down? Felipe Franks. When he went down, I was very, very – I was like, I don't know who we should start. They started Pitts. He did really, really well. Last year, Florida going 11-2, and two, only losing to Georgia and to LSU. So you got you take that into account. You're like, dang, Florida's going to be good. Well, let's look at who they bring back. They have six returning starters in, uh, you know, on the offensive side. They do have Pitts. Uh, or sorry, not Pitts. Kyle Trask. Sorry, I read that wrong. Uh, Kyle Trask is the quarterback. Kyle Pitts is their superstar tight end. So they do have their quarterback coming back. And they have a left tackle. So their line, and if you want to take into account their center. So their line is somewhat good. They do have a couple of sophomores uh, that will be, be brought, brought up on different sides of the ball. But for the most part, you have three of the five returning linemen. And then on the defensive side, they bring back five, but they have a really good uh, nose tackle, Kyrie Campbell, and uh, Marco Wilson as the quarterback supposed to be, uh, you know, a legit threat. So I really think Florida this next year is going to be good. You break it down. Well, where are they playing? They're home against LSU. They're obviously in Jacksonville for Georgia if that, you know, happens, if they're still going to do neutral site games and stuff like that. Uh and then other than that, they're at Florida State. But that side of the conference is not as strong. I'm not super sold on Georgia, mainly because we don't. their quarterback is uh, not as good as what I think that Kyle Trask is. Um, they're saying that Jamie Newman will probably be the starter down there in you know Bulldog country. But I just don't see... 
them. Also, Georgia has to go to on the road to Alabama. They also had to play Auburn, in, you know, pulling them out of that side of the conference, whereas uh, Florida does not. And uh, they, I mean, obviously October thirty first, they're they're a little bit. I mean, they play Florida, so they got to play each other head-to-head. And then the second half of their schedule is a little bit easier. But that first half, you know, having to play Alabama, having to play Auburn, that's a very, I mean, that's a tough uh, ask to do. Uh, And they start off with Virginia, which I think, I mean, I think that Georgia will win that game. There's a little prediction. Uh, And I think Georgia's going to be a top-ten team. I just don't think they're going to be the team out of the uh, SEC. I really think Florida, I honestly think I could see Florida uh, if they play really well. I mean, if they have to go undefeated, I mean, that's pretty much the the ask to get to the, the college football playoff. You're on the road to Tennessee, but you got them early in the season, so you're lucky there. And then, you know, your LSU uh, midway through the season, your Adol Miss, which I don't think that's a super big uh, worry because you got, you know, Lane Kiffin, first-year coach, your Georgia, and then you follow you you follow with at Vandy, home against Mizzou, home against New Mexico State, and then at Florida State, which I don't think Florida State's going to, I mean, they're kind of in a rebuild with Mike Norvell. And so I really am confident of this Florida Gators team. Uh, I've been... I've been confident of them for the last little bit. I made a prediction at the beginning of, you know, I believe it was the beginning, I believe it was around the XFL season, that I really see this Florida team being very good. This is one of those times. All right, moving on now to the Big Ten. Now you're going to say, well, Tyler, Big Ten, why are we already moving on to the Big Ten? And and that is just because I don't know how much more we can talk about Florida, except I really think they're, they're a top-four team. And they're going to be in my prediction for the college football playoff. But we'll get into that a little bit later, uh, probably, you know, August time. But right now we're going to be focusing on uh, just teams that we're really excited about. uh, And then we'll even go through teams that we guessed last year. So the next team out of the Big Ten is Indiana. Now you're going to say, whoa, 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 Indiana, you know, we have, you're looking at it, well, Minnesota last year kind of caught fire, and they're going to play good, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to deny that, because they do have a quarterback coming coming back, and they have the head coach right. Same thing with Wisconsin, and then you can make a couple arguments for some other ones, even Penn State. If I wanted to swing for the fences, I could say Penn State beats Ohio State, goes undefeated, makes it into the college football playoff, but I'm not going to. I'm going to focus on Indiana, and I really like uh, Indiana's schedule, and honestly, I really think that these teams could, uh, well, this team, Indiana, could end up with some playoff rankings. You look at SMU last year. I believe they went 8-0 before, you know, they, they, they lost a couple games and eventually kind of fell out to irrelevance. I mean, we didn't talk about them as much. We got excited about SMU, but they eventually lost a couple games. We didn't talk about them. Indiana, I feel like, is going to kind of track at that same moment. All right, so at Wisconsin, yes, Camp Randall is going to be crazy if they have fans. And yes, that's a very tough ask the first game of the season. But Tim Allen is in his third year, or or entering, I believe, his fourth year. Uh, This last year was his third year, so entering his fourth year uh, at the helm of the Hoosiers. They have a really good quarterback, Michael Penix Jr. Uh, They have a playmaker, playmaker, wide receiver, Watt Film. Uh, Fillior and uh, their defense, they bring back nine starters. Outside of the secondary, everyone else is pretty experienced. So you look at the schedule. They do have to go to Wisconsin, but outside of that, they get Western Kentucky at home, Ball State at home, a really bad, uh, I don't know what's going on, UConn team, 
home against Maryland at Rutgers, home against Michigan State. So if you take that, that's one, two, three, four, five, six games in a row. At that moment on October 31st, they could be 6-1. and one. And I'm not really sold on, on Sparty this year. We'll get it into it in our Big Ten preview. But that 6-1... and one, if they lose to Wisconsin, if they somehow upset Wisconsin, they're seven and zero. Yes, they do. They do get to play Penn State at home, which I think that's going to be very telling. Now you're going to say, well, who does Penn State have the week before to see if they would overlook them? And Penn State actually is playing Ohio State the week before. So what is the biggest recipe for success when a team has to focus on a harder team the week before, pulls it away on the road? Honestly, I would take Indiana in that game 7-1. and one. Now, all after they have to go on the road to Ohio State, I think that's going to be extremely difficult. Uh, I do not see them beating Ohio State in Ohio, at Ohio. So at that moment, uh, afterwards, they play Illinois at Michigan, home against Purdue. Illinois, I think they beat. Purdue, they beat. Really, we're looking at a team that could potentially go 10-2 and two or, you know, uh, a 9-3. and three. This is a really good Indiana team. They have a really good quarterback. They have a really good coach with a lot of experience coming back on defense. Do not sleep on Indiana this upcoming season. And honestly, say they upset. I mean, what if? I mean, we'll play the what if game. What if they upset um, Ohio State? They're really looking at it as a one or two loss team. They're going to be getting votes, and people are going to be talking about them. Now you're going to say, well, Indiana is going to be Indiana. Uh, you know that would be tremendous for them to get nine or ten wins. But normally they're you know an, around an eight, a seven, eight win program. But I really have confidence in these Indiana Hoosiers this upcoming season. Next up, we're going to go to the Big Twelve, and we are going to be talking a little bit about Oklahoma State. The Cowboys, uh, led by Mike Gundy. Now, uh, just going through uh, the returners and stuff like that excites me about this team. This last year, I had Iowa State. I was really excited about. They kind of, you know, pitter-pattered around, did about what I thought. Uh, I mean, I thought they'd be a little bit better, but what Iowa State usually is and what they've been under Matt Campbell. But I'm really impressed with this Oklahoma State team. They get Chuba Hubbard back, who is electric. Uh, I believe he was the Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year last year. He's legit and did not go to the NFL draft. They have a really good wide receiver, Tillon Wallace, who also is legit. They bring back their uh, their quarterback, Spencer Sanders, who I was actually able to watch. I watched Oklahoma State a few times last year. I watched them against Oregon State. Um, I watched them against Texas. I watched them against Iowa State. And I watched them against West Virginia and even a little bit of the Oklahoma game. And I really was impressed with uh, Spencer Sanders as a freshman, as a true freshman, what he was able to do. Him and Chuba Hubbard really are going to tear it up. I see these guys as a top 15 team. I don't know if I go top 10. Uh, they do have to play on the road at Oklahoma. Uh, but everyone else they get at home. They get Texas at home, uh, other ones that you're kind of thinking about, uh, you know, at TCU kind of. Uh, they're at Kansas State. So I really see these guys as the second-best team. Uh, if they want to make some noise, they're going to have to go, uh, you know, into Norman and, and get the win. So it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Oklahoma State. But I'm, I'm excited about this team. Uh, they have a really... I think manageable non-conference schedule, Oregon State, Tulsa, Western Illinois, all at home, and then they go into their, you know, Big 12 slate. Uh, but I really think this team is going to be good. Uh, people are going to be talking about them a lot like Indiana. Uh, they're going to be bouncing around the top 25. If they lose a game or two, uh, 
you know, so be it. But I really think uh, they're going to be back to what they were a few years ago uh, with, you know, uh, I believe, what was it, Mason Rudolph and, and those guys. They're going to be relevant once again, uh, the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Now, a team that I really like, and even last year I talked about them, and, you know, I just can't get them out of my head, and that is the Louisville Cardinals. Now, I'm going to give you a little caveat. Uh, I really do like Louisville. I didn't uh, before. You know, they kind of had like a rivalry with uh, West Virginia, and I'm a West Virginia fan. So I, in the Big East, I, I didn't love them a ton. When they made it to the ACC, you know, they had Lamar Jackson. They were electric. They were interesting to watch. And so I was like, you know what? I think I kind of like this Louisville team. Last year, I started talking about them around, let's see, around after the Notre Dame game uh, and then the Florida State game, I really started talking about them. Despite them going 2-2 two and two in their first four games, I really started talking about them because everybody had sold them out and they were only going to go 2-10 and 10, uh, and they weren't going to do anything. I think that this next year... They're going to be legit, and I think you can't sleep on them. I still don't know if they're, you know, national title contenders, uh, especially with Trevor Lawrence still at Clemson and most people expecting him to, to declare for the draft. But you give these guys one more year, they're going to be legit. But they're going to, I think they improve on their eight win record. I would put it at 10. And then next year, obviously, got to look at the schedule, but they're going to be, you know, national title contenders. I love Coach Scott Satterfield. We'll get into it. So let's look. What did we say our criteria was for a really good team? Quarterback bringing, being brought back. Yes, 100%. Uh, Mikel, or Michael uh, Cunningham, he's a junior. Uh, I don't expect him to go to the NFL draft. He's going to learn a lot under Satterfield. Satterfield has coached really, really good quarterbacks. He's kind of a quarterback whisperer, uh, a very... Uh, underrated quarterback coach, and uh, he'll he'll definitely be there. Number two, they have Javon Hawkins, who's a running back. Uh, he's going to be he's first team All ACC, uh, I believe, last year, and I think this next year he's going to be just as good. Uh, and then you look at their their line; they only have two people on their line that are not returning starters. They do have a solid wide receiver, and on the defensive end, their linebacking crew all comes back. They bring back seven starters on the defensive side. So if you look at it, Louisville is really built well, and, and through the criteria we said. Now you look at their schedule. They do their second game of the year. They have to go at Clemson. True, that's going to be a difficult game, and I don't know if you can truly beat Clemson. Uh, but I mean, especially with Trevor Lawrence. But they beat NC State. They beat Murray State. They beat Western Kentucky. They beat Syracuse. They beat Boston College. Honestly, they're one, two, three, four, five. They're five and one going into a Florida State game where they're home, which I believe that they win. You look last year; they only lost by eleven points. I think they beat Florida State. Florida State doesn't have uh, the coach different uh, and the quarterback kind of not the combo that you want. I would take Satterfield and Cunningham over Blackman and Norvell right now. Uh, Virginia Tech is going to be a very dangerous game. Uh, that's kind of a, a, a trap game just because it's the other side of the conference. Virginia Tech returns a lot, a lot of starters on both offense and defense. Uh, but you're home, so who knows? I, I think that should be the game of the week, and we should definitely be watching that. I think they can beat Virginia. They they have more uh, coming back from their Virginia. They play Wake Forest. Notre Dame, they gave them a game. However, they're going to have to go to uh, Notre Dame, and it's going to be cold November 21st, and uh, that's, going to be, that's going to be a tough environment. I think they beat Kentucky. So you think about it. They're, right now, they're looking at maybe 
two or three losses, I really I'm feeling more of a two loss team. If if I was a betting man, maybe a three loss with a win in the bowl game. I think these guys get to ten wins. I really like this Louisville team, uh, Louisville if you want to say it. However, or Louisville, however you want to enunciate that that team. But I really do like uh, the Cardinals of Louisville. Uh, finally, we're going to jump over to the. Pack 12 uh, before the break we'll do a uh, after the break we'll do a little bit quicker just because group of five we're not obviously most people watch the fi- power five but uh, you have the Stanford Cardinal uh, last year they went four and eight uh, the last few years they kind of you know puttered around they haven't really been something I predicted last year they wouldn't go to bowl game I actually had a really rude comment uh, sent to me through our social media and I was like look it's nothing against Stanford I like Stanford it's just I don't see them going anywhere this next year uh, got a little hate mail but oh well you know it happens but really I, I wasn't high on them last year this year I really am liking this team uh, I think that they bounced back from a a pretty tough season this last year. They were riddled with injuries. They bring back nine offensive starters, seven defensive. Now they don't have the quarterback, uh, you know, obviously with the transfer to Mississippi State, uh, but. I still really like uh, Stanford. I don't. Uh, they play more of a like a power run game, uh, so I don't feel like the quarterback is as important as in a spread offense like Louisville's, Louisville, however you want to enunciate it again, uh, or like a Florida. But uh, you know, Stanford I think is going to be good. They get William and Mary uh, for the non-conference. Uh, they also play BYU in non-conference and Notre Dame in non-conference. So even if they go to Two and one, and they have that loss to Notre Dame, which I really haven't looked through Notre Dame's schedule. I'm just, you know, kind of like basing it on years past. But uh, they have to play. They 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 don't have to play Utah, which is really lucky because they, you know Stanford usually doesn't play very well against Utah out of that side. Uh, they do get Arizona on the road, then go on the road to UCLA, which again, not really. Super hard games. They do get to play Washington State. They're on the road at Oregon. I think they lose that game, but they beat Oregon State. Washington, I think they're going to be, you know, kind of splitting hairs. Even though they do have that transfer quarterback, I think they're going to be splitting hairs there. Uh, they get Colorado at home and then at Cal. So I'm really looking like at an eight and four, uh, maybe a seven and five, depending on uh, where. I mean injuries and stuff like that that's why predictions are so hard because you there's so many other factors you got to take in but I'm really uh bullish on the Stanford Cardinal and I really do like uh what they're going to do I see them maybe not a top 25 team I see them winning a bowl game uh you know getting eight nine wins max through the season but uh do not sleep on the Stanford team they're definitely a bounce back team and I can almost guarantee you that they're going back to a bowl game all right so this has been just the power five we'll take a short break after the break we'll bring you back and uh well after we bring you back we will be discussing the group of five now we don't spend as much time just because there's a lot more turnover down there and uh, most people uh despite loving college football they don't watch as much group of five as what i do so we'll we'll talk this a little bit short give you five teams to to look for and we'll call it a day all right after the break we're going to be talking about group of five And we are back again today, uh, you know, after that quick break. So let's break down the group of five really quick. Uh, We might spend a little bit more time on the AAC, the American Athletic, but, uh, you know, 
We're going to kind of breeze through this. We want to give you guys a prediction, uh, something to look at. But uh, again, a lot of a lot of people they don't pay attention to even the group of five. But I still love talking college football, so I got to give them a little bit of a shout out. All right, so out of the American Athletic Conference, uh, the team that we're looking at. That will be either the most improved, the team that we're most excited about, I guess, is is really what we're doing here, is the Cincinnati Bearcats. Now, they were able to get out of that awful uh, contract with, with Ohio State. Understand for recruiting purposes it might be good, but uh, you're all, honestly, you're giving yourself an L uh, right out of the gate. And last year they lost to them. And I think this was their last year on the contract. They don't plan this year. Uh, they have... Th- Really, honestly, four very manageable games, uh, non-conference. You look at through the rest of the the AAC. They do have to go on the road to SMU and at UCF, which I think those are uh, UCF is the second best team, SMU is the third best team. And you have Memphis, the fourth best team, uh, October thirty first. It's kind of a trap game because you get the twenty fourth at SMU home against Memphis. But uh, I'm really convinced that this team can do it. I really see these guys as maybe a one-loss team, uh, two at the most. I think they win every single game in you know non-conference. You're going to say, well, Tyler, that includes Nebraska. Again, just because Nebraska was good in in, in the past does not mean that they're going to be good in the future. Uh, I wasn't sold on Scott Frost uh, going there and being a a savior or to redeem uh, you know what Nebraska once was. Not sold on that, and I'm not sold on them yet. Uh, I'm going to take Cincinnati as as the better team. Cincinnati brings back. Desmond Ritter, quarterback. They bring back Luke Fickle, coach, and, and a very experienced defense. Ten returning starters. So that is the Cincinnati Bearcats. I really like them. I think they'll be tested by UCF, um, but I don't know if that will be enough. I mean, you look at it last year. Uh, they ended up beating UCF 27-24. Now, it was at home, but they beat them, and there's a very good chance that they beat them this next year, uh, and Cincinnati kind of, after Norvell's uh, exit, they can kind of take over the AAC. Now, next up for, uh, for the next team is the CUSA, and a team that's always been really near and dear to my heart is Western Kentucky. Uh Ever since they joined the league, uh, what was it, back in 2008, around, two, yeah, I think it was 2008 or 2009 was their first year, I've been really impressed with the Hilltoppers. I like what they've been able to do. They've kind of been uh, a a place where a lot of coaches go. They get success. They end up leaving. Uh, I've been a Hilltopper fan for quite a while. I've been watching them. I think that this next year that they're going to do extremely well, uh, and they're going to continue to improve on what they were able to do this last year. They got nine wins. Now, that was extremely good. Uh, I don't know if they can get back quite to nine uh, going through their schedule, but they're very most they're very well capable of doing so. They do have to play at Indiana and home against Liberty and at Louisville. So, honestly... They get Chattanooga at first, so a one and three would not. I mean, if if they're one and three uh, on October third, do not fret. Uh, you know, Hilltopper fans, they're going to bounce back and they're going to ba- bounce back with a vengeance. I think they win their side of the conference. I mean, they got Louisiana, uh, they got uh, you know Middle Tennessee State, Old Dominion, uh, new coach. FIU, Marshall, which which would probably be the biggest uh, one. FAU, new coach, Charlotte, uh, good, but I don't think ready to honestly you know dominate. So I think they end up winning their side of the conference. They're going to have a really good season. Watch out, Hilltopper fans. Next up, we have the Central Michigan Chippewas. Uh, I did actually, I, I kind of joined the bandwagon towards the end of the year. Uh, I was excited to watch them and what what they were able to do. 
and what they were able to build under uh, Jim McLean. I like him. You know, he was formerly at uh, Colorado State. He went to Central Michigan. I thought it was a little bit below. I mean, honestly, his caliber of coaching, I I think he— I believe he was at Colorado State, and I believe he went to Florida, then back at Central Michigan. I still think he's a legit coach. He's just down here at the Chippewas. Uh, that's, I guess that's where he got a job. And, you know, I think 8-6 and six is last year. He's really good. Again, you look at their schedule. Uh, San Jose State at Nebraska at Northwestern, home against Bryant. Uh, now they're at Nebraska. I think Nebraska's kind of padding their schedule, trying to be able to get to six wins because they haven't been able to under Scott Frost uh, and get back to their winning ways. But still not sold on them. Uh, I think that'll be a good game. I think Nebraska will probably end up winning in the end. I don't know if I take a MAC opponent going in and upsetting a Big Ten opponent, but you know they're two and two in their non-conference, and they're re the rest is a battle. I mean, you get uh, you know a very talented Western Michigan team at home, a very talented Miami team, and a Ohio team at home. So uh, the only tough one is you had to go on the road to Toledo, and but you get Ball State at home, so you got a lot of home wins, a lot of ways to improve. Central Michigan Chippewas excited about them out of the MAC. Next up is the Mountain West. We have we're going to take the Nevada Wolfpack now. This last year they went seven and six, uh, and I again we're going to go kind of through what we think is the criteria to be good this next year, and that is coach, quarterback, experience. Uh, on honestly, both sides of the ball, it helps more on the you know offensive line than on the defense because you're always going to have playmakers. There's always you know someone coming out of high school and stuff. But uh, it looks like uh, I mean they do get. Uh, Jay Norvell, he is in his three years. In his three years, he's went eight and eighteen and twenty, so he's entering his fourth uh, out there in Reno. Uh, I think he has a really good quarterback coming back, Carson Strong. And honestly, they lost a lot of close games last year. Uh, they lost to UNLV by three points. They lost to Ohio by uh, just nine points. So that's I mean, you give two wins to them, that makes them uh, a nine-win team, and that makes them a four-loss team. So they're able to beat Purdue, kind of shocked everybody, and they get they pull Arkansas on the road. Arkansas struggled even last year against Portland State. So do not be surprised if Nevada goes down to Fayetteville, goes 4-0 through their first four games, and people start talking about them. They do get San Diego State, which is the second-best team out of this side of the conference. At home, they do have to go to Hawaii, which is always a tough uh, trip across the, the ocean, but you know how it is. And uh, they avoid Boise State. And the next best team, I think, uh, Utah State or Wyoming, they get them both at home. So it's really looking good. Their schedule's, uh, you know, really, really good. I think that Nevada could get to a 10, 9 or 10 win team this next year. And, uh, you know, you, they could very potentially get a uh, top 25 ranking. Finally, we're going to finally uh, send us off with the Sunbelt Conference. And, uh, I mean, I can't help but talk about App State. Uh, I know I could talk about a lot of different teams. I really like uh, Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. Uh, I do like Southern uh, Georgia Southern. I think they're a very talented team. But <clears throat> App State, I think, is extremely good. They bring back a whole plethora of talent. Uh, they got Zach Thomas as at the senior uh, quarterback, and he's been running the helm for a couple years now. I think he's going to do tremendous. Uh, they bring back nine offensive starters. Now, they do have a new coach. Uh, however, Sean Clark is very experienced, and I think he's going to do a tremendous job down there in uh, Boone, North Carolina. And I think there's just something different about him. Now they play Morgan State, Wake Forest, Wisconsin, UMass. 
you're looking at it. We brought him on this show. I think they beat Morgan Morgan State. I think it's going to be a very, very close game against uh, Wake Forest. I'm going to take them winning just because they seem to dominate uh, in the you know in the Carolinas and beating Power 5 schools. And then at Wisconsin, there's a very good chance they go up to Madison and give them a game. Hello, they beat Michigan. Uh, they almost beat Penn State, took them into overtime. Do not sleep on this App State team. The rest of it, I mean, I think they dominate the Sun Belt. They do get how to play Louisiana, but they get them at home. And, uh, you know, Louisiana's really good. I like Billy Napier and stuff, but I can't overlook the App State Mountaineers. All right, so this has been another edition of Get the Ball Rolling. Uh, sorry, we've raced through our group of five, uh, but we'll be doing each individual conference breakdown, uh, kind of just predictions for the entire conference as a whole. Uh, obviously, we're not, I don't know if, uh, we'll probably predict the the title games, but anything beyond that is really hard to predict. But thank you guys for listening. We love it. We love you guys. Uh, continue to support. We're going to be pulling more and more coaches on, uh, talking to a couple more. Hopefully, uh, we reached out to a few of the bigger universities. They've gotten back to us. We're just trying to move our schedules around uh, so that we end up making it work so it looks really, really good and sounds really, really good for you guys. All right, so thank you guys. Uh, tell your family, tell your friends. Be sure to follow us uh, on Twitter, at GetRolling19, uh, on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, get the ball rolling as well. And, uh, you know, be sure to give us a shout out and uh, we're always willing to work with you guys and give you guys the best college football content possible thank you guys have a wonderful week stay safe and uh you know enjoy summer until next time keep the ball rolling